recording on this Monday, June 17th. You know what? I think I just uh, said the wrong uh, date flat. Another recording. Oh, well, it'll be all right. Uh, get a little uh, lesson that needs to be heard out there. You don't see a lot of teaching. Over in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verses 18 through 23, but we're only going to talk about one. Uh, one of them. You got the parable of the sower, as it's called, I believe. Let me see this version. Uh, yeah, verse 18. Here then the parable of the sower. Uh, there's four ways. So basically, if you go further down in chapter 13, uh, God is uh, showing God describes to his disciples we are supposed to be his disciples by the way um, when we're followers of Jesus Christ so whether we're not, when we actually truly believe in Jesus Christ we join his army we're enlisted automatically we're put in there we're an enlisted person um we now become his farmer, his uh, soldier, as it describes over in First uh, Timothy. But that's an, we're going to stick with that. I'm going to try my best to stick with this one. I'm trying to make it not long. But uh, the verse you want to focus on is 22. As one of the seeds, or a bunch of seeds, we don't know how many were, were actually. This is like an evangelistic type of uh, sowing. Um, there's four types of seeds in there. Represented four types of ground. I mean, that falls on um, <clears throat> four ways of hearing. Um, they are basically we barely hear <clears throat> the gospel message. We got background noise, distractions, whatever distractions. First is in us. Now, first distraction, of course, is always sin that keeps us from God. But that's what Jesus died on the cross for us to remove. Um, the second part of it is uh, we hear only parts of God's message. When we go to church, we have selective hearing. He says, oh, no, I ain't receiving all that where it says surrender or follow all or we, we choose to follow all. These are different seeds. Those. Uh, then you got a third hearing when we're not hearing all truth. We're only hearing false preachers teachers or whatever and then there's the final um type of hearing when we're hearing the right way the word of god adequately uh taught uh not mixed up the uh man of god in the pulpit is sound before jesus christ and he's proclaiming only what through prayer and study of god's word uh tells them to speak to his congregation or to his flock or however you know, whatever God wants to say when he wants to say it see we can really pick and choose you know now we will it's our choice to obey or not to obey but we really can't tell God I said why don't I say that now can I say that next week if God put it upon your hand now when he's speaking to you and he's telling you say it now say it now <laughs> there's a reason He's probably getting ready to save somebody, and that person's that person that could be that person's last day. If you don't go and speak it, that person dies. Guess what? That's like Ezekiel's warning. We have that same warning. That didn't die with Ezekiel. Did. Um, okay. Side topic, but that was good though. 
I gotta remember that one. I think that was for me. Uh, the same, but in that verse, there is a phrase called deceitfulness of riches. And they packets. You know, we don't have any clothing manufacturers, any sound ones that are right anymore. We say, well, yeah, we gotta pay a lot of money if we want the good stuff. No, we don't. That's Satan. That's that deceitful of riches again. You know, car dealers have been trying to use that trick forever. You know why? Because most most car manufacturers and car dealers are following Satan. Out there. It's whatever they can line their pockets. Make sure they get their $8,000 or so a month salary. I says, God didn't call them to make an $8,000 salary. Period. That's not a blessing of work. That's a uh, curse of Satan. Uh, okay, that's a side topic. That's another deceitful of riches out there. Um, but when we study the actual words, uh, there are, when I study the commentary of it, you got different aspects of it. You got the care of it. You got the deceitfulness of it. And a couple of Psalms that are in there, deceitfulness. See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, sought refuge in his own destruction. These are all warnings, and this is the ESV version I'm using. Um, another one of uh, the deceitfulness is Psalm 62:10. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. Are we actually? No, we said, "Well, I'm not committing robbery." I says, "Are you stealing? Um, have you misrepresented the proper proper value and pricing of your home of your automobile?" Those are just major staples, but it could be anything. If you misrepresented the cost of that gallon of milk, a quart of milk, and that food price, just so you can get wealthier, you just robbed the poor. You just, you're, you're increasing the cost of your goods so you can get rich, and you're oppressing the poor by doing so. If rich, oh wait a minute, this is the rest of the verse. <clears throat> if riches increase, set not your heart on them. Should have finished it before that. I apologize. I'll do that next time. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. These are the deceitfulness of riches. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. Boom. But the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Ooh, man, that's deadly. Uh, another one that we all know about and heard before. Interesting, that didn't show up here. Okay, King James has a different one, so let me see if I can find this one. First Timothy, we'll end with this one. I only give a couple of six seventeen. As for the rich in this present age, that wasn't just for them, that's for now too. Charge them not to be haughty. Not to, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. That stock market ain't gonna go up forever. You got capitalists in this country, government officials in this country saying, oh, it's set up so it can't fall. Excuse me? That's Satan speaking to them and leading them. But on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Does that mean he gives us every big house of it? No. That's not what that means, folks. He gives us the abundance of himself. The abund that's the abundance that we're talking about. When we're caught up in the deceitfulness of riches, when we're caught up in 
the love of money instead of the love of God. When when we go into the scripture time, when we open up the Bible, that's what Satan's going to use. He's going to take that love of money and he's going to interpret the scriptures per the love of money. When we go into scriptures, that's why we got the warning in there to say, you know, one, don't just point out the sliver that's in your brother's eyes. It could be brother or sister uh, is what that verse is actually saying. Uh, meaning, but first take the log that's out of your own first. That love of money is in there. That's a log. When we look through that log, we're going to read scripture. We're going to study scripture as per that log. When it's in there, it's in our minds. It's completely taken over our whole vessel, our whole body, our whole way of life, our whole way of thinking, that when we look at the deceitfulness of riches, that's the way we're going to look at the scriptures. You can tell people by the way they talk, you can look at a verse. When God says he gives you more abundantly, that doesn't mean he's going to give us more money per se, necessarily. Those are people, those are teachers and preachers that have that log for the love of money in there, log of the love of money that's in there. That That's what they're interpreting scripture as. That means he's giving us more of himself. The more we grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God through Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit, we're knowing him more. We're growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're growing in, in the grace of God and in the love of God. Everything else is getting smaller in our realm, but our love of God is growing. When we get home, it's all going to be about Jesus Christ. This is no longer our home. We even look at our home saying, Thank you, Lord, for it, for a place to lay ahead. I am the most blessed time than almost anyone that I know that five to six years when I was living in a, living out of a van, I never once had a meal missed. I never once didn't have a place to lay, to lay my head on a pillow. Never kept, never got wet. Uh, wait a minute, I think I did have a leaky spot one time, but even that one still, it wasn't soaking. I wasn't living on the ground, living on the sidewalk. I had a place to sleep at every time. So, it don't matter if our name is on the deed. Our name ain't on no deed damage when we rightfully come to Jesus Christ. When we correctly, when the pastors are teaching what God's word says. We don't own nothing anyways. We become stewards. We become managers of everything that we have in our hand temporarily. But we are not to hold it. That's a deceitfulness of riches that are in there. Another end of it is um, the care of it. Let me get some examples of that. Matthew 6, 20, 24 and 25. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one. And love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Can't do both. God can do everything at once. We can't. And that's not what the scripture means. You can do all things in Christ Jesus. That don't mean he wants us to do all things. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Everybody has their place, their position, their gifts and talents. See, we don't want to talk about you got pastors out there that are strayed into Satan's domain too much and they listen to him say, Oh well we, the gifts are no longer now it's the gifts what I want to assign people. No. God's the only one that gives us gifts. Satan will gives us gifts, yeah, to lead others astray. 
Sorry, I had to take a swig of coffee. Long time for work. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You go on through the scripture, you're not going to say, don't matter what kind of house it is, because that's not a concern. Peter and his wife didn't care whether they kept their apartment or housing, the room, or not. Once they became believers in Jesus Christ, they followed him, and they did. Passionately, completely. Now, most of the time, they didn't have to leave Jerusalem a lot because they were called to minister to God, to the Jews. Some of the others went outwards to Jews first and Gentiles, mostly non-Jews. Another uh, care of this, they can fall into it, is give earnestly. I didn't mark it down last time. Uh, there's a bunch of scriptures here. Oh, where's the big one? The care of it. First John 2, 15 through 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Hello? That's sound biblical teaching. That hits you right between our eyeballs. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Now, these are the cares of the world that can lead us astray. They will always choke out the word. They will prove to be unfruitful. What's the choking? Luke 8, 14. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who... This is a more interpretation of it from Luke's version. Uh, those who hear, but as they go on their way. In other words, following the word, they supposedly got saved, got grabbed a hold of them. They were choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. That sounds scary if you ask me. Second Timothy 4.10 for Demas. This was an actual disciple. Started out as... On the nail path, started out as a follower of Jesus. He went with Paul and served God in ministry with Paul alongside. In love with this present world has deserted me. This is actually Paul writing to his child in the faith, Timothy, and gone to Thessalonica, Crescens. I'm kind of glad people didn't name their children these things back then. Has gone to Galatia, Titus to Damasia. It didn't necessarily say that the other two, but Demas in love with this present world, a present world back then. How many of us love this world so much today will leave up following Jesus Christ to go after the ways of the world? How many have we known that's done that? I got to grievingly, weepingly admit that I know brothers and sisters that have done that. They have stopped following Jesus and went after the ways of this world. If you listen to it, I'm not going to mention your name, but you do know who you are. Jude 1.12 These are hidden reefs at your love feast as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead uprooted. These are all scary. And by the way, the um, if you want to see the same parable and the other ones, it's 
God made sure three of his disciples, initial disciples, apostles, wrote it down. John Mark wrote it in chapter 4. Brother Luke wrote it in chapter 8, wrote it down in chapter 8. I would say God's serious about this parable of the sower. If he mentions three times, God's always serious when he talks about his word. He wants us to listen to his words. But when he makes sure three or four writers, what even amazes me when he mentions stuff in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, that coincide. He's not getting rid of one and picking up the other. You got a little definitions in Ezekiel 27. 12 also has a warning. Yes, I am using a Bible software. Cheating. Uh, would help if I get the right line here. Talk about Tarsus. That's where Brother Paul is from. You know, he was soft Tarsus until God made him. Tarsus did business with you because of your great wealth. Uh, of every kind, silver, iron, tin, lead, etc., was a very wealthy merchant-based city. It, at the time, it was based uh, on the shore, so ships were coming in and out. That was the main trade. Trains probably followed suit after that. And now they use truckers and whatnot in uh, airplanes, you know, cargo planes, all different kinds. See, that's just so people can move stuff around quicker and get that money quicker to the uh, buyer. That part is not necessarily bad itself. However, um, look at the definitions out there. Word thorn. It's like it's a point. It's extreme. It's an extremity. It's something that cause, something that comes up and can cause us to stumble, basically. In a nutshell, um, there's different definitions that went off about it. Um, deceitfulness means delusion. So if you're seeing that verse... Um, Oh, what? If uh, you're seeing that verse, deceitfulness of riches, that means somehow in there you got, there's a delusion that comes with riches. There's a delusion that can overtake us. The love of money is what the root of all evil is. It didn't say money itself. It said the love of money. See, we want to stress on that. You got so many people that say, well, I don't love money. I love Jesus. No, you don't. If you want more of it, if you want more possessions, you love money. And not more than you love Jesus Christ. You can say all you want with your lips out there, but what's your life saying? What's your lifestyle? If you just want to make more and more and more and more and more and more money, and then they're calling it a blessing of God. Satan definitely knows how to bless us. He can. He still blesses us because he's also a steward now. He no longer owns anything. Jesus Christ took all that away on the cross, in and then in the ground in the uh, in his burial place for those three days and three nights um but when he rolls up boom victory over hell and over death victory over satan that's it he, that's it he was wounded saint was done now he became a steward like we are he's got his job to do and we got our job telling people about jesus um so you're talking about the deceitfulness of riches one of the definitions of that is abundance of external possessions fullness abundance that's scary it's a choice. Strangle 100% drown to ground. Uh, or choke, I'm sorry. Okay, my handwriting sucks, okay? Uh, that's why I try and type. So if it chokes out the word, that means it's uh, it's strangling it. 
If you choke someone, guess what? You're, you're killing them. You're strangling them. Stop yourself before it's, uh, they completely die. Or then you go down for murder. You're drowning. You're, you're choking. If you're drowning, you're basically choking on water. Um, and you will die if not. To ground down, to choke. To avoid these areas is why would you want to uh, when you when you grab the deceitfulness of riches basically you're hiding your heart and my heart your conscience your inner being you're hiding it for the, instead of Jesus Christ but for the things of the world and you know you can no longer hear God clearly when you let the deceitfulness of riches grab a hold of you when you let these um the word of God get choked out for riches, for the love of love of money, uh, love of material blessings, love this and that. Um, basically, your your heart is becoming slowly, your conscience becoming slowly hardened, and it must be broken up again. As man, there's that parable of the. Uh, I mean, there's that lesson from the Potter again. So far, every lesson I'm going out there, I gotta go rewatch that DVD again. Uh, that blessed uh, DVD that I bought. Now I, I'm beginning to understand out there you know, that lesson the guys taught me when I went and saw that blessed brother in Christ. Uh, but that's why he made that DVD because not everybody can get to him. Or if you want somebody to listen to it now, you look at the DVD. Whew, man, that's a strong one. We have to be broken up again when the clay becomes dried out. It has to be completely broken, shattered in a zillions of pieces. Okay, that's my term. Uh, in other words, little pieces put in a bowl, deep bowl, and soaked in water. The water we need to be soaked in, the living waters, Jesus Christ, as described in uh, John 4 to the woman at the well. That, that was only a temporary water, which we also do need, by the way. Um... But it's the real water, the true water, the true living water of Jesus Christ. Our souls need to be soaked again. We just, we just, no other books, no movies, no DVDs. We need to be getting along with God and letting Him soak us in His Word, moisturizing us again. Then He can put us back on the wheel, molding us. Well, first you got to remold us, get out the impurities that we picked up from the world again. And put us on the wheel and form us into the pot that he wants to make us into. <clears throat> Man, that was good. God brought that up. Different version, different um, prophets have uh, spoken regarding how to make a... In other words, the ground has to be f followed up. When um, a farmer first buys a piece of land, a parcel of land, uh, or when it hasn't had a lot of rain... Uh, or even if it has had a lot of rain, the ground first has to be broke up. Before those seeds can go in the ground, it has to be broke up. You're breaking up fallow ground, uh, basically dried out. It doesn't have living waters in there, and it doesn't have the nutrients and the moisture that that seed, no seeds need to take root and to take root and to bear fruit whatever it is if you're planting a apple tree or a orange tree um, or grapes which are off a of vine etc um, first that ground has to be broke up different passages was Jeremiah 4 3 I'm turning to that right now 4 3 
For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. This was given to Jeremiah, and then Jesus spoke it to, to the disciples and to the people. Now, he spoke the parable to the people and the disciples. He gave the interpretation to the disciples. We are his disciples. Um, what fallow ground does God try to break up in you? Within you and you alone. This is between you and God. What does he need to break up to put his word in there? You got a family member that's lost. You got a friend that's lost. We got co-workers lost. I guarantee that. A lot of them. We need to be praying, God, break up the fallow ground, which is their soul, their spirit. Break up the fallow ground, the lost ground, so that the moisture of his word can get in there. So that his seed, his word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is a seed. This never let anyone tell you. That's another false teaching that fell for the um, into the deceitfulness of riches. There are some false teachers... And they are false. That said, the seed is money. Oh, when you sow this seed, when you sow that hundred dollars, that thousand dollars into my ministry, no, 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 that's something that strayed into the love of money, that's become trapped by it, and only Jesus Christ can get them out. God might say, "Put out your hands. I want to use your hand to pull them out of the muck of that deceitfulness." That's a blessing when God wants to do that. Then put out your hand and let God grab a hold of it. Brother, let me help you out. Sister, let me help you out. By the way, he's going to send one of you ladies to the sister. And he's going to send one of you men. One of us men to the men, by the way. That's another little side note there. Another one is Isaiah 10:12. Another prophet of the Lord. I'm going there now as we speak. Solve for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. So what is what seed when you first heard the gospel message, what did his seeds fall upon? What ground in you did it fall? Does God need to break up your fallow ground here? Go back to uh, the actual parable here. We want the seed that's sown on good soil. That means your fallow ground will be broken up. You're constantly being watered by the word of God. Being fed through. You're not going to call it up. If you see yourself falling for the delusion of riches, back away, get along with God, grab your word, and go forth. And I got to get ready to go, to go into the workplace here. Walk around, go to the bathroom before I start. So, just encouraging with these words today. Be blessing the Lord and go forth. Uh, let's see.